This episode of Proper English is brought to you by yet more bits and bobs and odds and ends and the idiom to throw a spanner in the works. Here we are again, Ali. The third in an occasional series of episodes dedicated to the little mysteries, the confusions, the puzzles that seem to be built into the English language that our students sometimes struggle with. Oh, I like these episodes, Dave. It's a chance to talk about all the oddities, the eccentricities, the sometimes just plain weirdness that our listeners often can't get their heads round. I like the idea that we're going to help with the little things. Okay, so where do we start? Well, we can start at the very beginning. That's a very good place to start. Thank you, Mary Poppins. (laughs) No, what I meant is... Let's start with the beginnings of our conversations, Ah. our lessons with English learners, because quite often that's where the confusion starts. Sometimes the very first thing we say to new students on italki can be very confusing for them. I know. And we don't do it on purpose. No. It's just what we say when we're beginning a conversation that can be unfamiliar to people who are learning English as a second or additional language. Like, for instance, often we will both ask the same sort of question to a new student. Whereabouts do you live? Whereabouts in Russia are you? Whereabouts are you calling from? Now, whereabouts is a word that can be used as an adverb, as in, whereabouts in Madrid do you live? But it can also be used as a noun. Our cat Millhouse went outside this morning and we haven't seen her since. Her exact whereabouts are unknown. I hope she comes back soon. Hmm. It's just an example. She's fast asleep on the bed. I knew that. (laughs) It is worth bearing in mind that it is not only English learners who find whereabouts a challenge. I remember when I was working in a call centre many years ago, we had to ask customers which area of the UK they were in, just for statistics, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm. So I said to this one particular customer... Whereabouts are you calling from? And she replied, I'm calling from me city. (laughs) Another opening sentence we sometimes use, generally with a returning student, is what have you been up to? It's an informal way of asking what someone has been doing or occupying their time with since the last time we met. It's often met with blank looks initially, but I guess it becomes clear once we've explained It never occurred to me that asking, what have you been up to, (laughs) would ever cause such bewilderment. It just goes to show that as teachers, we should never take anything for granted. I try not to. Anyway, that's the subject of unintentionally puzzling introductions out of the way. Mm -hmm. We did bits and bobs and odds and ends twice in the last series. Is there anything else that our dear listeners and students find unclear? Well, you just said one that many people have difficulty with. Twice. I heard you the first time. What? Oh, you think you're funny. Just a joke, Ali. Only just. (laughs) If something happens just the one time, we generally use the word once. For instance, I have only ever been snorkelling over a coral reef once in my life. That's right, off the coast of Mombasa in Kenya, the holiday of a lifetime. Oh yeah, very exciting. I'd like to think we'd be able to return to Kenya one day. But there are so many more countries we'd like to visit. Yeah, 
I guess you're right. Once is enough, eh? Mm. The problem for many of our students starts when we talk about something that happens more than once, but less than three times. Twice? I heard you the first time, Dave. <laughs> it's a matter of style, of elegant use of the English language, saying twice when you mean that something has happened a couple of times. For instance, did you know you've said twice, twice now? <laughs> You're absolutely right, Ali. I have. You can also use twice when you're talking about the magnitude or the size of something. For instance, an hour is twice as long as 30 minutes. Or, your piece of apple pie is twice as big as mine. Ah, that's because I can eat twice as much as you. And finally, to quote the ancient Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu, the flame that burns twice as bright burns half as long. Meaning, don't work too hard, because you'll exhaust yourself, burn yourself out. And burnout is not a good thing. It's not, Ali. Again, you're absolutely right. OK, are there any times when we do use two times, Dave? Well, I'm glad you asked, Ali. There are a couple of occasions. For instance, the last two times I've given Milhouse her tablet in the mornings, she spat it straight out. Ah, I see. You couldn't say the last twice. Nope. Because you'd be using an adjective. Last. To describe an adverb. Twice. And that is just wrong. Wrongity wrong wrong. <laughs> the only other time I can think of is what you would sometimes see on a packet of tablets. Take one tablet two times daily. Ah, but you might also see twice daily or twice a day on a prescription too. Yep. So I guess you can use either in that situation. Or either. <laughs> Anyway, once, twice, what about three times? Oh, we certainly use three times. We would never use thrice, not in the 21st century. It'd be like using thee, thou or thy. Very old-fashioned. And now it's time for Idiom of the Week. Idiom of the Week? So, here's the thing. We had such plans this year. We were going to do some travelling across Europe. Maybe spend some time in Italy again? We were going to visit family and friends back in the UK, but this damned pandemic has really put a spanner in the works. When we say something or someone has thrown a spanner in the works, or put a spanner in the works, mm -hmm. the action has spoiled or disrupted the original plans. A spanner, just in case you didn't know, is a metal tool used to tighten nuts and bolts on a machine. If you throw it into the working parts of a machine... The works. You're going to break the machine. And ruin a mechanic's day, probably. True enough. Still, as always next year. And here we are at the end of another episode of Proper English. As always, we hope you've enjoyed listening in on our conversation. Have you remembered that you can get our episodes on YouTube? You won't see our gorgeous faces, sadly. Mm. But you can get subtitles, which could be useful. Whether you're a new listener or a regular subscriber, why not get in touch with us? You can email us at properenglish or one word at sapo.pt or you can ask us questions on Instagram 
or Twitter or Facebook if you have them. And don't forget that every episode we've ever made is available out there, not just the latest ones, so you can listen to everything we've done as many times as you like. So, until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to Proper English. In American English, the idiom is usually throw a wrench in the works or throw a monkey wrench in the works. Mm. Just so you know. <laughs>